Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hi, on this episode, we're going to talk about how to talk to people with different ideas, which is very common today. Noelle, good morning. Hello. Should I stop saying good morning? Um, well, we, we do do this in the morning. Yeah, it, I know. It, but I wonder, I wonder if people are like, why does he say good morning every, every time um, he, he do, they do that episode? But um, Let it be known that we record our podcasts in the morning. It also, if I don't say that, it's just weird. Hello, Noel. And it just, feel, <laughs> I, I feel like I have to say something, you know? Hello, John. Hello. <laughs> I think you can work on this. Let's it surprise me next time, you know, say so, good, good evening and just really, yeah. you know, to switch it up. I'm going to switch it up. Definitely. Um, so this topic is, um, it's a little obtuse. It's a little uh, abstract. It, it, it's, uh, it's layered, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but it's also um, just telling of the, the current times. It is. And I, I want to break down the sources for this, where this concept came from. It came from, from two different places. Uh, I'd say like mid 2020, I was poking around the world of positive psychology research as I do. And there's a gentleman named Todd um, Kashtan. And mm-hmm. he's one of the folks who graduated from the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology program over at Penn. And instead of following the traditional route of looking at how you help people with happiness and contentment, he took a non-traditional route of looking at how you can use positive psychology to foster insubordination within dominant systems. What what does that mean in English? (laughs) Um, (laughs) How to share new ideas with Mm. people and groups who are entrenched in a way of thinking and disagree with you. Yes. Yes. You know, what's funny is in our last episode, we were talking about the uh, Instagram change and how the world is going crazy because of it. That's an example of the uh, CEO of Instagram uh, sharing his ideas and then getting crazy pushback. Crazy pushback, right? Yeah. Um, didn't do a good job of setting that idea up for success. No, there's actually a petition. I, oh. I, don't, know the, the, I don't know if the Kardashians, someone started a petition and there's 150,000 signatures on this thing to, to change Instagram back. Isn't wow, that crazy? Oh, that's crazy. I, I mean, I hope it works because I, you know, Hey, who needs yeah. another TikTok, Right. Yeah. Um, and then the, the second piece that I pulled into, um, lining up against Todd's work is from one of our instructors at Lumia. His name is Dr. Justin Citron, and Mm -hmm. he wrote a theory called sexological worldview theory along with Dr. Dyson. And that theory looks at what it takes to introduce someone to sexual difference. So if you're coming out as gay, mm-hmm. um, or you, there is an experience of your sexuality that's not considered mainstream, how to introduce that to someone in a way where they will positively receive you and looking at the oh. research around, you know, what's required. And when I look out at the world, I'm like, my God, all the time. Um, 
because of things like Instagram and social media where we don't actually connect with people and we're just putting forth our ideas of like me, 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 mine, see me. And then we get into these flame wars and what are we even doing? Like, are we impacting society with our comments? You know, right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think about this stuff deeply and these two theories, when we bring them together, how to spread ideas when someone disagrees with you in the first place, and then how to get someone to accept you if you're different from them feel mm-hmm. really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, um, in this episode, I'm, I'm a student. Well, I guess in all the art episodes, but I'm, I'm willing, I, this is interesting to me. I'm going to, I'm going to listen and learn. Awesome. Well then let's dive in with your curiosity. So, you know, in thinking about your own world, how would these two skills be beneficial for you? Well, because I uh, kind of for a living express my uh, opinions and mm-hmm. tell my story, whether it's through uh, books or social media, videos, audio. And so uh, not everyone um, agrees. Not, you know, there's always going to be a pushback. And then in my circle of friends, you know, I may have opinions and they're, they're not going to uh, agree with my ideas. Right. And so um, what to do with that? You know, sometimes it's really difficult and sometimes I take it personally and um, other times it's easier. Yeah, yeah, totally. So as we're kind of diving into this topic, I, I think the first thing that we have to understand is why, how, and what happens for a human when they're part of a group. And I'm not talking about group with a capital G. This could be like a sports team or, Mm. um, you know, a musical group that you like. Everyone, I'm a fish fan, right? Um, And that means something. It means Mm -hmm. something to label yourself as part of a group. And if we're thinking about humans from an evolutionary perspective, groups have always been protective for us. They help us with food. They help us with... Um, shelter. They help us with procreation. And now in today's society, they help us craft our identity of the characteristics of this group that I am a part of gives my life meaning. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like you, you, um, you identify and a lot of your identity, uh, whether conscious or subconscious uh, is, is from that group. Yes. Yes. Right. And so, you know, at baseline, If you would like someone to accept things that are outside of the norm of the group that they're a part of, the first thing that you have to understand is that simply representing an aspect of difference is feels at at a core base level, even if it's not factual, it feels threatening on an evolutionary limbic level that's attacking my meaning in the world. Right. Um, and, and so that's, that's the setup here and it's really heavy. So the first thing that you need to know is tread with empathy that this person in front of you, this group, or these, these people that feel differently than you, what they feel is very important to them. And we don't want to shit on it because that importance, that meaning is central to, to our humanity. Yeah. I mean, you know, a good example of this is uh, uh, vegetarians and meat eaters. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, uh, you know, right. Uh, And fish fans versus- Instant judgment without knowing the person. There's just always going to be. Totally. I mean, I was going to go fish fans versus Grateful Dead, right? 
Okay, like, same. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's um it's tricky. It's tricky. And the second thing to think about is that um humans have a history of persecuting people whose ideas are different from them and casting them from the group. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's always risk there when, you know, even thinking about like Galileo, the fact that the earth rotates daily and revolves around the sun. The Catholic Church saw that as a threat. And mm-hmm. that was the dominant group at the time. Um, another piece of history that I think is really important to this conversation um, comes from Todd's book, The Art of Insubordination. And he talks a lot about Darwin and Darwin was not the first person to present the theory of evolution. He was actually like the 24th. Mm, Interesting. But Darwin's the only one who made it. Why did he get credit? (laughs) Well, um, he had a PR team and he was able to effectively communicate his ideas. So if we're unpacking, you know, what Darwin did differently, really specifically, it starts with the way he presented his ideas in his book. He used a lot of illustrations and he used a lot of language that invited the audience in. He would say things like, you might notice that the tadpole's tail XYZ along with an illustration. So Darwin was not taking a position of, I know something that you don't. Darwin was taking a position of, I'd like to invite my audience to use their own power of observation to draw conclusions from themselves about Mm. the information that I'm presenting. And that setup is the winning setup. Yeah. So it's almost like, um, I'll let you decide. Exactly. It's almost like, instead of me telling you what, what is true or what, what you should believe. Yep. Is, is I'm going to serve this up on, on a platter. Well, you know, that's, that's the way you get the most buy-in anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, mean, just the, the, the fundamental thing that we teach as, as coaches is, um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to help you come up with your own truths and revelations. Yes. Yes. So now let's pull in sexological worldview theory to talk about how we do this tactically on a day in and day out basis. And it's something that you're going to be infinitely familiar with. It's personal storytelling. Mm -hmm. In order to gain acceptance from a human who views something about you, as threatening, the number one thing that you can do is to humanize yourself and show commonality with yeah. that person, right? And to show ease and acceptance. So we know from sexological worldview theory that if someone is opposed to homosexuality and they spend a day hanging out with somebody who they really enjoy, who then reveals themselves to be gay, they have a hard time staunchly accepting that all or nothing view because they've had an experience with difference that has challenged their preconceived notion. 
Mm. And so here, you know, when we're thinking about this through um, a lens of, of, I was going to say activism, but I think it's different. I think it's actually through a lens of community engagement where we're looking to strengthen our collective identity versus divide ourselves. Um, The tactic that's used is using firsthand accounts. It's using firsthand storytelling to say, this is what I've experienced. This is what I have observed. This is what I have felt, seen, and understood, and I'm offering it to you so that you can use your own powers of observation to decide for yourself right? What, you know, about what I'm sharing. Um, the piece here that is a little bit frustrating but also really important is that when we do this, when we use these tactics to appropriately present information for consideration while humanizing ourselves, it's not an instant fix. We're planting seeds and it takes a really long time for those seeds to to grow and to actually take hold within a society or within a dominant group. Um, I mean, even if we're just thinking about you know, the work of Martin Luther King, you know, that is globally Mm -hmm. heralded that um, Martin Luther King, you know, was on the right track with the civil rights movement. And in the United States, we're still fucking fighting over this shit, you know, like, like we're still in black lives matter. We're still struggling with anti-racism. So those seeds need to be continually reinforced through shared humanity, presenting of firsthand accounts, stories, concepts to pull someone into the why of the importance mm-hmm. of the matter. You know, this whole thing reminds me of um, the one day when I was working for this uh, uh, high end treatment center for uh, uh, eating disordered patients. Uh, I, I was so sick of the generic interventions in the cabinet. And so I, uh, came to work that day um, on my little motorcycle and in the backpack, I had DVDs, you know, remember those things that you, and I played movie clips using um, cinema therapy, using movie clips as interventions to create conversations and groups. And that was my idea. I thought it was interesting and different. I was passionate about it. And uh, because it was a new idea, um, the boss was scared of it. And she fired me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I remember that day and I remember um, the feeling of being rejected and the panic of what am I going to do? It was a very well-paying job. And uh, that was actually a huge catalyst to me saying, okay, well, then I don't fit in that system. I'm going to work in a way that's more honest to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry that happened. And, you know, that's a really great example of um, the territorial outcomes that happen when uh, groups are not ready to receive new information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that everybody has to be prepared for. And it's it, it comes back to uh, the why of why planting seeds are important, right? Right. Um, right? Because all of the lives that you touched that day probably had an experience that stayed with them. No, the, the so the group loved it, and they're mm-hmm. like, "This is awesome and refreshing." But the uh, leader was 
scared that we were coloring outside the lines and because she was making insurance money, um, it didn't fly with her. <laughs> it didn't flow. It didn't yeah. flow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I think that that brings us to, a, um, you know, a, a great point of what do you do when you yourself are mm-hmm. confronted with somebody that you're like, whoa, like we see things totally differently yeah. because we get triggered ourselves. Yeah. You'll, um, you'll see it on your, um, on your comment threads. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't read the comments that would, right. that would, that would kill my soul. Um, yeah. but you know, step one is to be empathetic and to, to, to approach the person who, who has triggered you and to understand that, wow, you know, whatever this person is holding as their truth must really matter to them. It must Mm -hmm. really serve their core identity. It must really help them construct meaning and to approach someone from a perspective, not of like, you're wrong and I hate you, but wow, like you're really passionate about what you're telling me this must be really important to you. Let me listen to you to learn about it because I care that you're so passionate about whatever it is. So that that is interesting because that puts weight on the human, not the idea. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That your 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 sexological worldview theory, you're anchoring in humanity. Wow, human with a different view. That view feels really important to you. I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of time. Uh, that I get to spend with folks who share that view. I'm curious about it. I want to learn about it. I want to learn about what makes it important to you in your life. Mm-hmm. And that changes the dynamic rapidly. Yeah, rapidly. Of course. Of course. Because we're I mean, not I mean, going back to the, you know, the the meat versus uh, vegetarian and and, and I I um I notice this a lot just because I, you know, I, I do a lot of fitness. Um, if we were coming at it, like what you're talking about, if people were more curious instead of instantly judging, um, but why is your diet all veget- you know, vegetables or why, why is your diet? Why do you have, eat, eat meat? And it's coming from a genuinely curious place. Those two people can actually become friendly and have a bond over that conversation because of their humanness, not because of their diet. Yes. Yes. And then the next step is to establish common bonds of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, okay, well, you know, we might have very different views on whether or not it's okay to eat meat, but surely there are, there are other things that you and I can connect on. Can I, right, right. And to right. actually take the time to do that digging. And yes. find out, you know, what it is that that does connect you, so that you're not just sitting there with complete difference. That you're right. building a bridge to it, um, and and that takes humility. It takes kindness. It takes patience. It takes courage. Courage, hanging up your own ego at the door, and yeah. and knowing that like you're doing this for a reason, um, and then. Once you get there, the next thing to do, especially if you're you're going to try to plant your seed, which is a is a timing choice, right? Um, it's to point out the cost of inaction and mm-hmm. to know really know your history. So for me, when when folks talk to me about um, 
a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet, one of the most compelling aspects of the argument is the environmental cost. Right. And that has caused me to change the way that I eat and the way that I approach meat consumption from a position that I had never considered before because I care about the environment. Yeah. And so somebody taking the time to say, oh, we both care about the environment. Cool. Let's go here with it. And here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So maybe the answer is uh, instead of eating meat every day, I'll eat it once or twice a week because I really care about the environment. Um, and that's a, there's a lot of overlap where, where then you guys have things in common and there isn't you know, a sword fight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's how it gets done is, is we, 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 you can't eat the elephant. I mean, this is an ironic metaphor, right? In one sitting, but, um, but you can break down silos so that you can connect on one aspect of right. shared commonality and then turn right. the dial. You know, I've had, uh, friends, um, because, uh, as you know, um, I, I'm a bit of a mad scientist and I have way more ideas I could, than I could ever execute. And a lot of them don't make sense and they're a little off center. And so with my close friends, you know, I, I'm running ideas by them and there are friends that are always like curious, accepting, even if they think the idea is ridiculous, um, supportive because they care about me and they're trying to champion my spirit. There's those friends. And then there's other friends that are like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Why would you do that? Don't waste your time. What do you do? You know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I got to be honest, sometimes we do need friends to, you know, call us out and check us and all that. But um, the friends that are supportive, man, that it's just like water. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for those kind of, kind of people in my life. Absolutely. And it, the friends who are supportive, if they ever did come to you with something really serious of like, John, I, I want to talk to you about X, Y, Z versus mm-hmm. the friends who always shoot your ideas down. How would you respond? Oh, I mean, I open arms. What is right. it? How can I help you? Of course. Right. Yeah. Right. And so th- taking the time to be aware of how others consume you will give you better leverage when there is something important to you that you need consensus on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this uh, whole topic is really important these days with uh, so many differences, whether it's political or, you know, uh, creative or whatever differences that are are around us. just to be more open and, and, and be less judgmental and be curious. Uh, it would, it would just definitely, uh, I think the world needs that. <laughs> I think it's protein right now. It is. And yeah. I mean, you just listed all the hallmarks of a coaching conversation, you right. know, open, curious, non-judgmental. So, you know, the, the, the theories, books and tactics that we're discussing are the research foundations of coaching. We're just packaging it in a, a way that folks can understand it for really specific issues. And finding commonality through coaching interventions has kind of like low key become my new mission in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, you know, there are a lot of things that I feel very passionately about and want to see change in the world. And I am more and more convinced that the only way to move forward is through being able to reach across divides. 
basically what Noel and I are saying is everyone needs to be a coach. And yes. uh, we, we are here. <laughs> Lumia is here to help you with that. So check us out if you agree. Awesome. Awesome. This was fun. Well, have a great day, everyone. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Take good care. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.